This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's to Ennis, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. You can check us out on Dash Radio on Saturdays. With me today, I feel like this has been a long time coming, we have James Hollis, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin', on the line. James, what's up? I'm uh, I'm bowing to your excellence. Uh, <laughs> down, down to Dunk is one of my favorite pods, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's an honor. I appreciate it. I'm glad you could come on, man. We're going we're gonna to talk some thunder. Um, this off season has been just crazy. Uh, and my, my child is already right here. Archie, do you have something to say? <laughs> what is it? I wanted to get on the stage. I have no idea what you said, but what's I'm, up, man? I'm glad did you hear, that. did you hear snotty was coming on? Can you hear me? Can you say hi to snotty? Say hi, snotty. Hi, snotty. What's up, little man? <laughs> All right. See you later, buddy. Um, okay. So we we did our off-season preview pod, and we're talking about like bad Victor Oladipo trades, and we're talking about how there's like a lot of internal development. And I remember. Sam, Sam Presti turned it on its head. So I want to hear your reaction. Like, what was your initial response to the Paul George trade? And then, like, what do you think now? Like, what are your thoughts as you've processed it? Okay, so in case the listeners aren't familiar with it, probably not because I'm nobody big. Thunder fan adjacent, so the Celtics are my team. But like Russell Westbrook to me is uh, he's up there probably with like Elvis and I don't know like the Pope. Uh, I love some Russ, so I've been following very closely the whole time. And you know, I, I thought it sucked when he who should not be named left, and then uh, you know I, I, I Russ went MVP. But I know when the season was over, things got a little dicey because it was like you know what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you know you're up against the salary cap. And I heard you guys talking about the trades and things didn't kind of bleak. You know, can we get mellow in here? Uh, what can we do? We got to get more help. And we all knew it, you know. Um, so then when I heard about Paul George. It, I was shocked. So I, Presti, I know, is a very good GM. But I've been kind of, you know, I, I, I hold it against him kind of that they had at one point Harden and he should not be named and Ibaka and now it's just Russ. Sure. You know, that kind of, through circumstances, it sucks. But then to swing the offseason he had this year, you, you got to bow down to him, the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I automatically think, you know, the Thunder are, are definitely a top four team in the West. Yeah, for sure. Where So let's talk a little bit about that because everybody's got their their swing on what's going to happen in the West. And really, we just really have no idea. And from some things that I'm hearing, the Thunder aren't done yet, or at least they don't want to be done. So things could change from now to the start of the season. Uh, but what's what's your West rankings right now? Maybe just like top five or six. Um, so I'm, again, I got the, the Russ and Thunder bias. I think Paul George is a much better fit than Chris Paul is in Houston. Even though you know, I guess by all most people say Chris Paul is a better player. I, I would think for wings and Paul George is that kind of long ranging wing that I think is, can be more impactful than Chris Paul. But um, 
And, uh, you know, you got Pat Pat. Um, what a great offseason, man. I, I, what a great offseason. So I got to say, uh, Golden State, obviously, is number one. Um, I want to, on paper, I'll say Houston's two. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I think the Thunder, maybe they, they don't win as many games, but I think in the offseason, they're just as, they're going to be really tough out. So, uh, yeah, Golden State, uh, Houston, and I, out of respect for San Antonio, I keep them three. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they keep doing it. They're probably going to win almost 60 games again this year. And then, you know, I, I, maybe I'm being, I'm bi- being biased the opposite way and trying to suppress my bias. I got Thunder four, even though I think they definitely get up number two in the, in the East, in the West. Yeah, I, and I think that those everybody besides Golden State, those three teams are going to be super close. And, you know, it may come down to a couple games. Man, is the I think the only reason that we're giving San Antonio credit is just for Pop and their system. Because I don't know about you, but their roster is, like, so uninspiring to me. I thought so last year, too. And they freaking won 60. I don't get how they do it. Um, yeah, so, again, I, you know, we all heard LaMarcus wants out. We hear, um, you know, we don't know Tony Parker's about 800. Man use about 805. So, like, how much can they really give? They just gave freaking Pau Gasol 48 mil for some reason. By every, by like every metric, I want to say they had a kind of bad offseason. They let Jonathan Simmons walk, but they're still probably going to win 58 games and be a top three seat. You know, and it's, just, it's, it's amazing what they've done. I, I just wonder when, and maybe it won't happen. Maybe it'll never happen. But I wonder if there's going to be a fall off. Like Dwayne Dedman, and I know that he's a bit piece, but he was super important to what they did in the regular season. And I know he couldn't play a ton in the playoffs, uh, but he was important to them. Jonathan Simmons was in and out of the rotation. They got Rudy Gay. And maybe, uh, maybe that will be the downfall of them is that they got Rudy Gay. Maybe the hubris of thinking they can get Rudy Gay to, to be a winning basketball player at this point in his career after coming off an a, a, a Achilles rupture, it might be their downfall. But, I mean, I just – yeah, it's hard to bet against them. I remember back in 2013 I was saying they were, they were done. You know, they were almost done. And then they end up blowing out the heat in 2014. So I just – I stopped. I stopped betting against Spurs. Yeah. No, you, you can't – and until you see it, you can't say that the Spurs are going to fall off. That's it. Uh, yeah. Okay, Westbrook. So a lot of Thunder fans are on pins and needles right now, worried about Russ signing, worried that he's not going to do it. And, and you know, I I still think he's going to sign it. Uh, everything that, that I've heard indicates that it's going to happen. It's going to be on Russ's timeline, which is not – anybody else's timeline uh but what are your thoughts on the extension do you think he'll do it and then is it a good or bad thing for the thunder in the long run um i, I listen to you guys talk about this a lot and I, I do get both sides where you know there are people who think that let's say that russ signs extension and paul George walks and they're in a bad spot because they just have russell westbrook in a bunch of pieces but you still have russell westbrook mm-hmm. that's the thing you still have russell westbrook in a bunch of pieces so i think it's a good thing no matter if he signs it now um you can answer me this question. Does him holding off signing it suck that they're already in tax territory? So it doesn't matter if he signs it like right now or not. They still have the same money they can spend, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're oh. over the tax, and they're willing to pay the tax. For sure. Year. So, yeah. For sure. So, um, so yeah, I just is – it, is it just him exploring all his options? Is he just being cautious? Um yeah, I mean, it's obviously something to worry about. You put all that money in front of Russell Westbrook and say, hey, we got you help. We're willing to spend now, and we want to pay you. You know, we just saw Harden sign it. We saw Wall sign a seizure extension. And they're like, hey, we want you to be here. We want you to be here. 
here, we want to pay you. And, and he's taken us on to sign it. Obviously, it's something to be concerned about. But I'm, ho- I'm holding out hope for you guys. Uh, you know, as a hey, as a Celtics fan, I'll say this. I would trade my grandma along with Isaiah, along with all the picks to get Russell Westbrook in town. What would be a realistic trade for Russell Westbrook for you? From, for Boston? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm really high on uh, Boston's young guys. But I'd give up Jalen. I'd give up uh, Isaiah. I, I'd even give. I'd give up. Uh, I'd give up Tatum. Um, I mean, I, I'd, the, the 18 Nets pick. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd basically trade the farm. I'd, I'd give up a lot for us Westbrook. Man, that if if, if he if um, Paul George walks, that's. I mean, they're definitely an interesting option. Uh, who's your guy? Who's your your young guy that you always talk about on Twitter that you wouldn't trade? Oh, Yabu. Yabu. Yabuselli, man. Yabuselli. Would you trade Yabuselli straight up for Russell Westbrook? I would send him and Shemi Ojale packing. I love those guys. (laughs) I would would drive them from Boston, Oklahoma myself. Man, I was so mad when you guys got Ojale. I really, I think that he's good. I think he's going to play. I think that he's a legit, you know, fourth or fifth big man on a team today and has potential to be more. And I'm pretty miffed that the Thunder didn't get in on that second round. I don't round. get it, dude. So many second rounders. So many good second I rounders. I don't get I like I know uh, I, I, I know you guys' thoughts on Terrence Ferguson, and I'm with you. It's like, all right. I know Terrence Ferguson has you know a decent maybe upside, but there was actually useful players to be picked uh, to be picked at that position, and I, I don't get what OKC was thinking. Yeah, they must have fallen in love with this kid overseas. I... <laughs> I don't get it. I've had a crowd of a bunch of people booing. Um, and I feel a little bit bad about that because I do think that he ha- he's he got potential. I mean, he's super athletic. He can shoot it. Uh, but it's going to be a minute before he can play. He's not going to play. He's not going to play this season at all. So I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It, before the Paul George trade, I was not happy about the pick. Now it's like, okay. Like if, now it's like, wait, whatever. We yeah. got Paul I'd like to thank Chicken Express for sponsoring today's show. If you haven't been to Chicken Express and you live in Yukon or you live in Edmond or you live in the Dallas area, Amarillo, in Tulsa, you're making a mistake. You got to go to Chicken Express today. I am going to drive through Dallas tomorrow and for lunch, I am going to get some Chicken Express. I will probably get chicken tenders. I will probably get the French fries and they will be delicious. My kids love it. My wife even says that it's great. Uh, it also reheats well. So if you want to like buy a big old family meal and take it home and you don't eat it all, it reheats really good. Uh, the fish fillets are really good. They've got a ton of sides that are great. I'm going to list out all the sides. Here we go. Let's see how fast I can do it. French fries, fried okra, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, mac and cheese, green beans, mini poppers, corn on the cob, cheese sticks, corn nuggets, and fried pickles. Lots of choices. They're all very good. You'll get a biscuit or roll with your meal as well. And they're both so good. You can't make a bad choice at Chicken Express. Go check out Chicken Express today for lunch or dinner with your family or friends. Right. And so let me ask you, upside, so. I, I, what would it take for Paul George to stay? What do you think has to happen this year for Paul George to be like, you know what? Even though I have my eyes in L.A., I'll stay in Oklahoma City because we, we have potential. Because we have potential to be something great. What would it take? They've got to make the conference finals. I mean, I, I don't, I think that anything less than that is probably a failure to this team. And then I think that 
Paul George will bolt. Uh, because, I mean, just look at Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul has had, like, some nice runs in the playoffs, but he's never made it out of the second round, and you just hear that all the time. And the second round, I mean, it's it's cool that you made it out of a first-round series, but if you're a home court advantage, like, you're supposed to do that. And so I think if they can beat the Spurs in the second round or whoever, and hopefully they can position themselves where they don't have to play Golden State. And if they do play Golden State in the second round, maybe if they... So I'll say this. Conference finals, or if they play Golden State in the second round, if they push him to six games, then I think that he'd consider staying. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking too, right? Even if they meet Golden State early, and they gotta at least push him and make him work, like you said, six. They can't just, you know, if they, if they fall in like four... Or, you know, they win one game and then they get blown out the other four. Then, yeah, he there's no point in me staying here. Yeah, it's it's tough because Golden State's like the most unfair measuring stick in the history of the NBA. <laughs> I mean, and this Thunder team is good. Like, this is if this is a normal year, the Thunder are a bona fide title contender. But this is, we're still in, we're entering an era of unfair basketball. Yeah, I call it the, the the era of Golden State right now, where they're just so much better than everybody else. And what do you? That's I mean, it's almost like a feeling of uh, of almost not hopelessness, but like inevitability, right? Yeah, oh, it is. Unless there's injury, and honestly, this next season, any sort of like fun in the playoffs hinges on a Golden State injury, which is kind of oh. sad. Oh, I'm going to say this: it's still going to be fun because I think, like I've heard a lot of people say, and I kind of agree. The Thunder are probably built more than any team to to defend Golden State. Maybe not. I'm still worried about the scoring a little bit and the shooting, I guess. But it's still they're 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 set up pretty well to maybe you know to make Golden State have to try to figure out how to score in different ways. Even though Kevin Durant still Kevin Durant. Yeah, they're going to be tough. And Russell Westbrook, I I think that he with space is super difficult to defend. And that's going to be that'll be a challenge for Golden State, and I think Stephen Adams too. I think Stephen Adams, when he's not a focal point, when he's like your fourth or fifth best player, then he can be that Stephen Adams he was in the playoffs a couple of years ago as like the second guy last year. Like he he was he just showed that he's either one he's not ready to be that guy, or two he maybe will never be that guy. Um, but as just like a defender, role player, a guy that's just going to clean up and catch alley oops, like I think that that opens up a ton for him. And that's the big thing with uh, with Paul George. He lets everybody else return to their proper uh, the proper hierarchy. You know what I mean? Because Russ is Russ, but then after that, we have guys who were, they were asked maybe to do too much because they were they were all third and fourth kind of option players. There's no other second option player, so that's why. And like you said, no spacing. Adams looked just exhausted for the second half of the season. Uh, yeah, Paul George, you know, his scoring and his his ball handling and his gravity because he's a really a really good spot up shooter. He's going to open up things for everybody else and let them be the best selves they can be. You know what I mean? So, yep. it's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, even Robertson. Because Robertson last – and he caught a lot of heat at the end of the season or at the end of that Rocket series, rightfully so, because he was so bad from the free throw line. But you're right. It allows everybody to slide back where they were supposed to be. Last season, all these guys were playing roles that the Thunder did not intend for them to play at all. And – you're right. Everybody gets to slide back in where they're supposed to be, and you get to see a really good Thunder squad. I'm, it's, you know, I'm really excited to watch Celtics this year, but right there with the Thunder. Thunder's going to be really excited. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about the most overrated and underrated players on the team. Let's start with underrated. Who's the most underrated player on the Thunder? Uh, you, I think you might have mentioned him, Roberson. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, Robertson. you know, he, I'm Robert. 
I know it, and he, he killed you to hear it every time too. And I was telling myself all day long, Mr. Robertson, I just come on do it, uh, Robertson, uh, because yeah, the end of the season, whatever. I'm, I actually put that on Billy Donovan. Uh, as a coach, the onus is on you. You got to get him out of there. I agree. And, and I, I get it. You were trying to let him play through it and hoping against hope that he would step up big time. That's that's not fair to him. So that was on that was on uh, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Andre, yeah, he, he, to me, right there with with Kawhi Leonard as a perimeter defender, the guy is incredible. I was I spent the other day I, and I said this, he's one of the guys I can watch his defensive highlights and really just kind of get get hyped for him and Marcus Smart have these great defensive highlights. Yeah. They have these great defensive highlights, uh, and people talk about his contract. It's a really fair deal. Uh, you know, they wanted to pay him more last year in the offseason. He didn't take that. He took a, he took him a smaller deal. That's that's a great contract for him. It's great. And some people, I mean, we, if you, I hope you never have to endure this, but if you ever catch yourself listening to local radio here in Oklahoma City, uh, there are guys just like Dog Robertson all the time, and it kills me. Like, there's a local guy here that is ju- just loves the idea of Aaron Aflalo and thinks that oh, they should uh, <laughs> dump Robertson for a follow. I'm just like banging my head against the steering wheel every time I hear that uh, because Robertson is super valuable. And now you can play these small lineups where you can put everybody is a shooter with Westbrook plus Robertson, and Robertson can be your center on offense. And they did that against Golden State, and it worked very well. And they can run some of those sets again. And Robertson, he's not a good shooter. He probably will never, ever be a good shooter. But the level of defense that he brings is it's a game changer. And he's going to be able to, when they play teams like Houston, like say they meet up with Houston in the second round, uh, if you're a Thunder fan, you're going to be really glad you have Andre Robertson on that team because you can put uh, Paul George and Robertson on Harden and Chris Paul, and it's going to make life miserable for those two. I'm just imagining uh, Robertson, Paul George, and Jeremy Grant lineups, and mm-hmm. that's just that's like having three three octopus out there, three octopi mm-hmm. out there, just with arms everywhere and just jumping, passing lanes, and blocking shots. That's going to be fun, man. Yeah, they're going to be great. I I don't know what your opinion is on Jeremy Grant. I I don't know if he's real. I don't know if he's a real NBA player. What do you think about him? I think having Paul George there will make him more effective because now, again, last year was asked to do, you know, maybe a little more than he should have been asked to do for who he is. But now he can just come in, um, hit the corner threes, you know, hit the boards, weak side shot blocking, crash the boards. He's going to be an effective player. That's, a, you know, I think how much they get him for this year? They've got him for just over two million bucks. So and he's unrestricted after this season. I think he'll, he'll, you know, also then he's playing for a contract. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, go nuts trying to play for a contract, but that's good. You know, he's motivated. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to look, he's going to fit right in. You know, I can see, like I said, put, you could play him with center sometimes and then have Robertson play power forward and have mm-hmm. Paul George at the three. You know, that's, and, you know, Abrina is, Abrina is at the two. That's going to be cool, man. You guys got a lot of options. Donovan has a lot of options at his, at his disposal. They're going to, they're going to be super fun. And yeah, and you, Going into this summer, I looked at Grant and I was like, man, they should probably just go ahead and make him restricted and lock him up. Uh, but now, after seeing like how this summer went, like just wait. Just wait. Because he, what's, what's he, if he doesn't improve any, what's he going to command on the market? Like a max of like $8 million or something like that? I mean, you just wait. And same with Doug McDermott. Like, don't try to extend that dude because, I mean, restricted free agents aren't getting anything right now. Yeah, so I was my wrote an article about how next year might be like a free agent nuclear winner because there's just yeah. no money. 
it's all, it's all dried up. So he, he might be back on the, on the cheap next year. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's one reason why if Paul George walks that things just aren't awful. If they can find a way to like offload Canner and then they have all this space, like they can go after a restricted free agent and like maybe go after like Jabari Parker and scare the crap out of the bucks with a max offer or something like that. Uh, because there aren't going to be teams that will do that. Uh, the Lakers will probably not have any space by that point. Brooklyn will, will have some space, but I don't know how many teams are going to be will- or how many players are willing to sign with them. Uh, the Thunder, they're either going to be a great team moving forward or they're going to be in really great shape being like one of like six teams that have significant cap space. If Paul George does walk, how much cap does that open up? That's a great question that I don't have a great answer to here on July 30th, 2017. <laughs> Just make one up, dude. Just make no one's going to fact check it. Just make That's it up. Right. Uh, upwards of 40 million. I don't know. I just made that up. I have no idea. Uh, but they'll have to, they'll have cap space and they'll be able to get in the mix. And Sam Presti is so creative uh, when he has cap space. If you just go back and look at kind of his history when the Thunder were just up and coming team and they had cap space, they're able to acquire guys like Eric Maynor uh, through Mac Harpring's contract and and stuff like that. And they were they were able to move up and get a top. I think he was the eleventh pick or tenth pick and Cole Aldrich, which wasn't great. Uh, but still, like he was able to use his cap space creatively, and you know, I would expect to see more of the same uh, if that if Paul George does walk. I expect to see a lot of creative stuff to put a team around Russ. Man, Eric Maynard was so good for like four weeks. <laughs> he was man, I loved him. He was a fun backup point guard. Uh, the Thunder have had some interesting backup point guards. Sean Livingston was a backup for a minute. Uh, Eric Maynard was here. Uh, Reggie Jackson, although I just despise the man now, was pretty great here in OKC. Uh, and now they got big, fat Ray Felton. So it's pretty fun. Hey, we can joke all we want, but Ray's been an outstanding backup for the last two or three years. And that, when I heard when I heard that, that was the pick that told me right there. I said, you know what? The Thunder are going to have a really, they might have a special season this year. He's good, man. And he killed the Thunder in the playoffs when that last playoff run with Durant. Like, he won he the game. He went nuts <laughs> against. I was surprised. I mean, I'm like, how is he just getting to the rim like this? What's happening right now? Yeah. it's he's And he's good. Like, he's going to be a. I mean, really, and we've talked about this a lot, is that it doesn't. It's not going to take anything to upgrade the backup point guard <laughs> position. And now you've got a really. I mean, he was, you know, probably. What like the tenth best backup point guard overall last season, which is great for OKC. I, I think he's probably better than that. I think over, like, you know, maybe really he was. So let me ask you this: How does it feel knowing that Samaj Christian is forever in the history books as the guy who shot, who made the three off Russ's uh, triple double clinching three pointer? You know, I don't feel good about it uh, <laughs> to start with. Um, but I feel I do feel a little bit bad because I didn't mean for like my hatred for him to get so out of control. I think it was just something that my heart wanted so badly just to let everybody know how much I didn't like him as a basketball player. Um, but I got so many tweets that day after he made that shot just because I'm the guy that, that hates Andrew, him. how's that feel? How's that feel, Andrew? <laughs> uh, I was just la- I just laughed, and there was one. There was maybe a quarter where Samaj went off and he like banked a three or something against Houston. And I was just, just laughing. I was just rolling, laughing on my couch. Just good. I, I, I want him to be good. I want him to be good because his name is James backwards. So yeah. I want, I want him to be good so bad. He's just not so good. So that's not great. Uh, he's not good. 
he will I just don't I don't see it. I I don't see it. I don't really even he's supposed to be a defender who's and he's not a great defender and he's can't really dribble and he can't shoot. I I, I don't see it at all. I think the Thunder do these make good contracts and they just did another one with their big guy from Kentucky and it's just like uh, all right. Like why? I don't get that one. It's not I don't get it, man. It's not good. Uh, the Thunder, you know, they like to reward guys who do the D-League thing. And, you know, at some point you're going to have to stop rewarding guys that just aren't that good. You know what it is? Uh, that he didn't deserve that 48, but, you know, he had opted out to give him space. And they said, since they didn't have anything to do with the money after they missed on the guys, they was like, you know what, we're going to reward Powell for, for that. It's kind of the same kind of thing. So would you rather have would you rather have Samaj or would you rather have Powell Gasol at $16 million a year? That deal is destructive. Like it is because it looked like they were shaping up to have a ton of space next summer, and then they just ate up sixteen million of it with Pau Gasol. And Two years, man. And what's he going to be like? Thirty nine next summer? It's he's going to be why? like fifty four, I think. <laughs> yeah, why? Why are you doing that, San Antonio? Because it looked. I mean, it looked like they could do like what I was talking about with the Thunder. It's like go after these restricted guys. You know, if you pair Jabari Parker with Kawhi, like, that's pretty awesome. Or you go, you know, give a contract to Rodney Hood that scares the crap out of Utah and bring Rodney Hood to San Antonio. But now they're, they position themselves where they can't really do all that much. So weird. It's weird. Uh, you see any questions that are interesting to you? Um, I see my man uh, at Goldner PDX. Can we just go ahead and get into it? Yeah, let's do it. You want to? Yeah, he just says it's Russ. Uh, yeah, he just says that's so, yeah, at Goldner PDX. Uh, Brandon Goldner. He says is Russ secretly a little frustrated or a little relieved to not have to get to do it all with PG thirteen on the way. Um, you go ahead first. Yeah, he's relieved. I mean, last season was fun, uh, but there were definite points in the season where he was frustrated, and I think Russ did have a lot of fun not passing to anybody. Uh, but I think that going through that experience, especially in the playoffs against Houston, uh, against uh, a friend and rival in James Harden, where they smash them in five games, I, th- I think that he see he sees the other side. He sees what that career trajectory looks like, and he does not like it. Uh, so he he's very excited to have Paul George. He's he is definitely relieved, and I think that he's going to want to do whatever he can to help Paul George acclimate to the offense. And then also, he, I mean, he wants him to stay. I think Westbrook's staying long-term, and I think that Westbrook will do whatever he can to get Paul to stay long-term, too. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, I think every player probably dreams of just having carte blanche to whatever they want. And we know that Russ, is, I said it before, I think Russ and KD's games are just both too big to exist together. Um, and that, that was part of the problem. So, sure, it was, it was amazing what Russ did last year. I think we all thrilled to the triple-doubles and the big shots and the clutch moments. But, you could, I mean, that's a lot of load. And there were games that they lost that they should have won because he was just, you know, maybe he didn't have it that day. So, you know, Paul George is, is like a, maybe almost like a poor man's Kevin Durant as far as, you know, he's tall, he's long, but he's, he just does not have a dominant possession like Kevin Durant does. So, yeah, Russ has to be relieved. You know, he has a, a, a legit running mate, and he's, he's going to get to take revenge on some of the teams last year that might have beat up on OKC because they were just undermanned. So now he has another another big gun to run with. Yep. Uh, at Maze Jen asks, if we acquire Mello, only giving up Canner, McBuckets, and Singler, or something similar, what percent chance do we have to beat Golden State? What do you think? 
Uh, I'm just not really sold on Melo being like a huge needle mover. I think the regular season, the regular season is going to help. Obviously, he's he's going to you know he can give you 15 to 25 on any given. He'll fly to bed and give you you know give you 18. That's awesome. Uh, but the defense is lacking. Uh, the kind of the court awareness. But he's going to just call. He's just shooting. That's what he does. He's a weapon. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'll just say while he'll help, definitely once you get against Golden State, and now you know they got the death lineup with Dre and KD at the four and the five. What's Melo offensively? Sure, he's still going to get his a little bit, but they're going to just shred him. They're going to rip him to shreds. So I don't even know. I don't know how much he helps really as far as against Golden State. Yeah, I agree. I I think that maybe they have like a four percent chance without Melo, and then maybe like a four and a half percent chance with Melo. Like I just he doesn't he helps some. Uh, because I think you can play him more than you can play Canner, but he's this is not Olympic mellow. I don't know why. I just don't know where people are getting this. That like, oh, well, finally we can get Olympic mellow. It's 2017. <laughs> I just don't know where this idea. I don't know why people think that he will just instantly change who he is as an NBA player. I and just, even Olympic medal, I think Olympic medal, Olympic medal in like two Olympic runs, he broke thirty like twice, and like mm-hmm. he had some really nice games. But the fact that you know he's playing with a bunch of all stars against freaking you know uh, Angola, it, that's not the same as playing in the in the NBA finals against you know a really a real good team. So yeah, that whole Olympic medal fascination. NBA Twitter just has this fascination. If you get you put him on the right team, you get Olympic medal. No, you put him with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant, you get Olympic medal. But there's no team that has all these great players, so just be quiet. Yeah. Uh, at the real Ryan VK, what superstar would best fit next to Russ and Paul George? Are there any that may be potentially available? Uh, my dream lineup for the, with them two would have been uh, Paul Millsap. I know it can never happen, uh, especially now he has, he has his new deal. But you know, I, I was thinking if, if there was a way they could bring Millsap in before Paul George came in, that would have been a really good fit. Yeah, Paul, Paul Millsap would be great if he was the four next, oh next to Stephen Adams. If that would be possible, man, that would be just ridiculous. Uh, potentially available. I mean, you have to. I think you start with Lamarcus Aldridge, but I don't. Is, I would is he a superstar? Him. No, no. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not a superstar. Uh, he'd be available. Uh, I, th- I think you still look at Boogie um, and uh. and think like he's got so much talent. Uh, but now, see, would you would you want to see would you want to see Boogie with Paul George and Russ? Because that's like a lot of usage, and like I, I don't know, man. He is he's so talented, and he's he'll he'd be twenty five and thirteen, and he'll go for forty every now and then. But then, like, I just worry that his time in Sacramento has has kind of like tainted him because mm-hmm. the guy just doesn't know. It seems like he plays winning basketball. He's been he he's not shown it. <laughs> he hasn't. All he's shown is that he can put up points. And maybe, maybe he's, you know, maybe Zach Randolph, where the beginning of his career, like, you just don't know what, what to think about him. You know, he's going to, maybe the Pelicans isn't his first stop in the next few years. Maybe he bounces around until, like, he finds his Memphis. Um, because Zebo was really, his talent was so undeniable, and he finally figured it out. Maybe it's going to take a while for Boogie, but he, man, Boogie's so, he's so good. Uh, but you're right that the usage is a problem. But you just wonder, now, like, what does it look like whenever he actually sees two players that are better than him, or will he even acknowledge it? I don't know. That, a player at his level might think, well, I'm just as good as this guy. Now, here's my question. Here's my question. If things aren't going well, 
by the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. What, like, let's say, let's say they're you know maybe only a few games over five hundred. What if they try to trade Paul George for Boogie? Uh, man, if you're New Orleans, I mean, if you're New Orleans, you have to, you just have to do it and just roll the dice, uh, even though Paul George is going to leave. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if things are just awful, I mean, let's let's get crazy, let's get weird, and let's uh, let's throw Boogie in the mix and and see what happens. But if it's that bad, uh, Pre- Presti will be trying some stuff. They would look to your Celtics and say, "Hey, you want another crack at Paul George? Do you want to, you know, give up a few younger pieces, and then you can make a a serious title run with Isaiah and with whoa, 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 buddy, we're making we're making a serious run right now with Yabu, <laughs> Yabu, Yabu and, and Shemi are giving us that versatility we <laughs> need. All right, Tatum is Tatum is ready to learn at the feet of of Crowder, and we're going to just have this switchy." six eight and above lineup out there it's going to drive teams nuts hey this irving news is probably most exciting to Celtics fans because of the just the disarray that the Cavs are in i mean like the, it, everything's open now love it love it <laughs> what do you think about irving where's irving going do you have any any favorite destinations uh i seem like the heat have a combination of like players and, and need the heat seem like be a real good place for him I I don't understand these deals though where people are saying like you got to give up uh, Booker and Josh Jackson to get. I'm like he's not he's good. Look, Kyrie is an, a definite bona fide all star. He's got a big bump from playing with LeBron. He's not as good as people seem to think he is. You know, so he's really good. He's not as good as people think he is. So um, yeah, I like Denver. I thought Denver if they can as long as they don't have to give up Harris and uh, uh, Murray, mm-hmm. just give up one one of them and like uh, maybe Wilson Chandler. And, whatever picks that that seems fair to me but you know people are like oh you gotta give up you know gary harris and murray but that's insane yeah no, so. no 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 there's no there's no way denver would say no to that too they and they should yeah so he's he's good I just, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens you think he goes into the training camp uh cleaning training camp or is he gone by by the front of the season i don't know i kind of tend to think that he's that he stays at least for a little bit because uh, they're in no rush to get rid of him, and what good does it do Irving to not play well? You know, I, I kind of agree. But did you see the video today? No, no, I haven't. You didn't see the video. This video that uh, Curry and and uh, Kyrie are at a wedding. Yeah, and Steph Curry is mocking LeBron James' dance while he's training. <gasps> Remember when LeBron shaved his head and he was had a, he was had a, he was doing the yeah. Snapchat thing or whatever, and he was yeah. dancing and snarling and he's you know no shirt on. Steph Curry was doing that same thing, and, and right beside him is Kyrie just laughing and yucking it up. Whoa! Oh, I can't believe I, I got to break something on the on the show. <laughs> it's I got breaking break news! Wow, that is so weird. It, what a I'm weird ta- thing. Steph did the whole snarl, and they started acting like he was doing curls and like push-ups. And 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 hey, Kyrie is beside him, just 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 laughing, just laughing. So Kyrie is being traded this afternoon, is what and, we just learned. <laughs> I, I'm I can't wait to see what LeBron comes back. You know he's going to do something passive aggressive on like on Instagram or something. That can't is, wait. That is crazy. Okay, so Eric Bledsoe, T.J. Warren, and Jared Dudley. For Kyrie Irving and Iman Shumpert. I mean, that sounds fair to me, but everybody keeps telling me that it has to be Bledsoe and Josh Jackson. I'm like, that's insane. 
But yeah, um, I mean, you can even throw in one of the big guys like Bender. I say say Eric Bledsoe and uh, I don't know. I don't think they want Chris after his summer league. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even throwing either drop, even either throwing Bender or Chris, and just I don't know, just give it to him and let let Kyrie go to go to Phoenix. Yeah, and the Cavs, if they really want Josh Jackson, is that not just them saying we know that LeBron's leaving? Yeah, basically, basically. Because he's not, I mean, I think Josh Jackson's going to be good, but are you going to play a rookie in the finals like that? I don't, I, a rookie that maybe can't shoot in the finals, like I just don't, I don't see it. That's why I see like Bledsoe, Dudley, and TJ Warren. That's like, okay, like all three of those guys can play. TJ Warren can be like a six man type of guy, and Bledsoe can come in and start, and Jared Dudley, you can put him wherever you want. Um, and that might even make the Cavs better. Um, I'm, my man, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. His name. I wrote an article about how a trade of Kyrie might make them better because they might get you know they get some long wings and another point guard who could maybe play some defense. And that's uh, that's a good point, man. Yeah, I mean, Bledsoe is really good. Bledsoe is underrated, I think. Bledsoe is good, and you know what LeBron does? He makes everybody look much much better. Richard Jefferson has looked like a real NBA player these past couple of years. You know, turned around J.R. Smith's career. You know, makes Tristan Thompson into a close to a max player. Like LeBron James will do stuff for some guys, and Jared Dudley will look great. TJ Warren will look great. Eric Bledsoe will look great. I mean, that's LeBron will do that for guys. I will say though that like Kyrie just being able to take the ball and score for stretches is a big part of why they made it to the finals last three years in the playoffs. So that that's yep. really tough to replicate. So I mean. Maybe I'm underrating, you know, what Irving brings, but I, I don't think so. Somebody, somebody yelled at me because I said, you know, I got kind of yelled at on Twitter because I said LeBron is great. I know he's the best player in the league. I would if they told me tomorrow he can come to Boston for, you know, whatever picks and and, and Jalen Brown, and t- I wouldn't want him. You know, it's you're at the whim of him and his you know one year deals and is he leaving the next year and his 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 buddies are riding on the flights, you know and. He just kind of he just enters every aspect of your franchise and, and just changes everything and I I don't, I don't want to deal with that if, if, as a Celtics fan. I think what would see, what seals it for me a little bit is the fact that he is heading into the twilight of his career. And thank you. Do you want that to happen in the twilight? I if if it's for this next season, man, I'll take him. Like give me, I'll, I'll I'll give whatever for this next season. But if you're thinking like long term. Like, what's a 36-year-old LeBron going to do when he's controlling your franchise? Like, I don't know. That's, it's really interesting. That's exactly what I said. I said, look, three years ago, sure. Because we know we have, you know, four, five, six more years of dominant LeBron. We get to the point where it's in the next three to five years, he's not going to be this guy anymore. Right? It has to be. He's not a, more, he's not a robot. So Right. Yeah. And if you're the Celtics and you see that basically when LeBron is done, the East is yours. Like you don't want to just give it all up for for a guy that is when he is done, then you're done, kind of thing. And guess what? Even adding LeBron to like say you got to move a bunch of pieces to get him in there, I still don't know if you beat Golden State. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, you know? Kevin. This is all. <laughs> I feel like that's the end of that could be the end of every NBA conversation. Is but at the end of the day, no one's beating Golden State. And, it, and that's what it kind of it kind of sucks. The league's still fun. I'm still going to watch every minute I can. Yep. But yeah, just the, the feeling that at the end of the year we we know who's going to be wearing the rings again, kind of. 
Yeah. How many how many more years do you think they ride that out? Because you know, there's talk about you know, Clay wants to get paid 2019. Mm-hmm. Then when he's up again, yeah. I, think I mean, that's right. there's a good chance that you know, I, I'm pretty sure Durant's not going to keep taking 25 mil. So no way he's going to want to get paid. So, as Clay leave in 2019, I think that I think that these super duper teams have a shelf life. You know, you saw it with Miami. And there were some different circumstances happening with that team, but I think that they, I think give it three more years. And I think that this team will look a lot different. Uh, and I think that some of these guys like, is Clay Thompson going to be okay with like, how many shots did he take in the playoffs? I'm trying to look at it right now. Um, he took fiddle attempts, 13 shots a game for mm-hmm. Clay Thompson who should be getting like 20 shots a game or 25 shots a game for any other team. Like how long is he going to be okay with that? Uh, I guess if he keeps stacking rings on, it's, it's kind of a lot easier to, to deal with. Right. I mean, it does make it easier. And you know, Draymond green, like I think the dude is incredible. Like how, how long does his prime last? Cause a lot of times like these second rounders that are like, way overperforming where that they're at. Like a lot of those times those guys can fall off a cliff at some point and the pounding that he's taking as their center at times, I just wonder, I don't know. Like I think that they're going to dominate this year and probably the next, but then I think that things will start to change and, and evolve a little bit. I don't think that we're in a hopeless situation for the next five years or anything like that. Oh no. Cause here comes Philly baby. Those <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be fun, man. They are, they're man. Gonna they're, really gonna be, they're gonna be really good in a couple of years. Not just fun. If they can, if they can keep and beat upright, they're gonna be really good. I don't know how good. They're gonna be really good in a couple of years. Yeah, and man, Embiid, Embiid is so good. But I just have to, I just have to see it to believe it that he's gonna be able to stay healthy. I just have to see it. Let's. Thunder Nation as a as a group, I want everyone to put out the vibe. We want to get Embiid for at least seventy games a year for the next decade. <laughs> that would that so, would be amazing because that would that would change the East fast because they're immediately a playoff team if he can play if he plays seventy games they could be the fifth seed. Oh, like they they're going to be like they were really really good when Joel Embiid played. And the East is so bad, man. The East, like there, the East is so pathetic. Uh, and now they've got, you know, they signed JJ Redick, who's going to help a lot uh, in the locker room as well as on the court. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna be good. Like they could be legitimately good. Uh, but I I just need to see Embiid play for longer than thirty one games. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's really interesting. I just hope they're not too good because Boston needs to win. Yeah. <laughs> no, that how how awful would that be as like Boston rises like and that's that's what happened to to the Thunder. It's like the Thunder were on this rise and you could see it. And it was mm-hmm. like okay, the Thunder are going to do- at some point this Thunder team is going to dominate the league and then the Golden State Warriors out of nowhere leapfrog them. Yeah, they said nope, but here we are. And that's crazy. Um here's the thing, I'm going to tell you something on this is a pretty big platform. I would not be too upset if Boston let Isaiah Thomas walk. Hmm. Is it because of the money that he'll command, or what is it? It's the years. That's. I mean, as good as he is, it's just hard to wrap my mind around paying him thirty plus million for four or five years. Yeah. And then, like, then we're obviously locked in. We got three max players, and that's they're good max players, but just yeah. him being paid that much money, I don't know, dude. 
So, what what would you do at your point guard position then? Uh, and this is going to sound foolish again. And it's just <laughs> look, I'd roll out. Look, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, uh, Crowder. Um, you know, uh, start probably Marcus Morris and Al Horford, and then we just like I said, we're going kind of positionless basketball. We're rolling. They would still be a good team, but man, like I say, it's good, man. Like he can, he's just like he's like basically. You know, four inches shorter, Kyrie Irving, right? Like, yeah, he is. I know, I know. But I mean, I just, it's just the money, dude. Yeah. If you, if it was four years, a uh, hundred million, I, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, three years, ninety, give him like the the Kyle Lowry contract. I'm fine with that. It's the years I think. Yeah, and he'll be 29 when he gets that new deal, which is also uh. not too comforting. Uh, and he's five nine, like, and maybe five nine. <laughs> when I say five nine, uh, do people really call him the pizza guy? I, it's something from Sacramento. He was in, a, in like some local pizza thing commercials. Okay. Do people and call so, him King of the Fourth? Uh, I don't call him that. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never heard either of those. I'm looking at basketball reference right now. I've heard them both just on bas- on like NBA Twitter, and I, you know, I call him the Runt. Yeah. Or the Imp. I call him the Imp. The imp? What's the imp? Because he's so small. He's like an imp. Oh. <laughs> he's fun, though, man. Like he's, he's just, You know what? There's going to be a game I watch this season, and he's going to go nuts, and I'm going to like, pay this man his money. Yep. Yeah, I've been, I even wrote something over at B-Ball Breakdown about how you know, he's worth every penny. And then I, you know he got hurt, and they still beat, you know, they beat Cleveland in the game with him out. And I'm like, eh. But I know it's only one game, and he's really valuable. You know, yep. hey, 20, 28 and set, twenty eight and six is twenty eight and six. No matter how tall you are, mm-hmm. twenty eight and six on almost thirty eight percent from three. From a, efficient, he's like a top five scorer in the league, even though he's tiny. And, and we see him doing all environments. He gets to the hole. He can finish over bigs. He can, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to say, oh, he's so small. He, get, he still does it. You know, you're just doing exactly what the Kings and Phoenix did whenever they yeah. whenever they had him. Well, they didn't have to pay him thirty million, so that's where it comes out. To. That's true. That's true. But man, what a what a failure by Phoenix. To let him go for what they did. I mean, it's an absolute failure. Absolutely. I mean, look, look. I think he only like they, he left Sacramento over like three million dollars a year, or like a million dollars a year. They like he wanted like nine, and they would only offer seven total or something. Yeah, you know, that's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Somebody asks. Oh, are you and Josh Everly best friends? Um, Josh is like the Canadian Chris Palmer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened to Josh, uh, but maybe around January, I noticed he just started becoming more and more ridiculous. And now he just says, like he said, that LaMelo Ball takes those crazy shots because he's appealing to the masses and he's fine with that. I was like, are you are you high? Those are bad shots. They're terrible shots. <laughs> well, no, I'm fine with them. And he's he's so such a skilled player. Said, no, he's not. What, are you talking? what game are you watching? So. That's funny. I don't know why somebody asked you that, but you know why? Because I, I also told him that he could, you know, uh, I won't. Uh, this is a PG thirteen show, so yeah. I also said some other things he could. Well, because we were having it, he I saw that Lamelo thing. So you, is that really your? That's what you're going with? And he started trying to explain it. I said, okay, well, that's good conversation. I guess that's how you feel. And then he, he just, I don't know, he just said something. And I was like, I said, you're an idiot and some other stuff. So Josh, you stink. Josh, you really stinks. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else? Anything you need to get off your chest? Uh, anything to plug? Anything like that? 
Um, I'm actually going to do the OKC offseason report over at B-Ball Breakdown. So I'll make sure I, I send it to you when I do it. Yeah, we'll tweet it. Um, and what else? Oh, I need to hear you say it one more time. I need, I need to hear one Vladi Divac trade call. Oh, the boogie for the buddy? (laughs) (laughs) What's great is that if you ever listen to Vlade talk, it couldn't be further from what he actually sounds like. It's it's so ridiculous. I I was at work the other day, and somebody was saying something about... about, uh, you know, something about calling to my buddy, I like the boogie for the buddy, and they just looked at me because nobody else really likes basketball in my job. I said, my bad. I was doing a trade call. They just looked at me some more. So I just walked out of the room. Oh, we love trade calls. I can't remember how that came to be. I think I was talking with my friend Alex Spears at Al Baby Cakes on Twitter. And I was like, let's just do, let's pretend that we are the GMs. And it's been so fun since we've done that. It, it's, it's a good time, man. I enjoy you guys do that, man. Keep doing what you guys are doing, man. You guys do really good, good stuff. And I, I listen every week or every day. Not every week, because you guys pop out a lot of pods. And I like that. So uh, I'm a faithful listener. You guys keep doing your thing. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, thanks, James. We'll follow you on Twitter at Sonny Drippin. I'm sure most of you are. If you're not, follow him. He's a really fun follow. You can check us out on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Uh, please leave us a five-star iTunes review. It would be a super nice thing for you guys to do for us. Also, we're looking for additional sponsors for the season. So if you have a business or know a relative or friend that has a business that might be interested in doing some ads, uh, we would love to have you. We're going to sign out, and everybody have a great day. Love you, NBA Twitter, except for Josh Ubley. <laughs>